0: Born on a mountain top in Tennessee, Greenest state in the land of the free. Raised in the woods, so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three.
1: Davy, Davy Crockett.
0: Time and space converge. A place beyond man's vision, but not his reach. It is the most mysterious and awesome point in the universe. Where the here and now may be forever. And my ship, you ask? Unavoidable. Moving through space, swallowing everything in its path radio waves, light. Are you programmed to speak? Even planets and stars. Trust us. That madman is headed straight for the black hole. What'll we do? We wait.
1: journey that begins
0: where everything ends
1: welcome ladies and gentlemen to a space episode of Be Kind Rewind this is your Disney Plus movie podcast I of course am Dan Teets and with us
0: uh Kyra Hawkins <laughs> I really, I was like sitting here thinking, he's going to say space And then she said space-tastic. I was like, oh, I was so close.
1: space horrific. That might be a better way to describe this movie.
0: Uh...
1: Especially after the one that we had for our last live episode. Well, the last one that wasn't a old school Saturday. Which was actually entitled "The Spaceman and King Arthur" over in England.
0: Oh yeah, I was like, "What movie was that?" I, there, I, there's a reason I forgot. I think.
1: Yes, and for those of you who don't have any clue what we're talking about, go back and listen to two weeks, two weeks ago's, two weeks ago's episode on the unidentified flying oddball, A.K.A. the spaceman and King Arthur you'll find out that it's better to just watch The Sword and the Stone. Yep. But this is not that movie. This is actually the last movie of the 1970s for the Disney Plus Pantheon, unless they load others in that I am not aware of. We are talking about the December the 21st, 1979 science fiction romp that is The Black Hole It made $35.8 million in box office, which is $149. $149. $149 million in today's money rounding up to the nearest million because I don't feel like giving you fractions tonight because math's hard. So I think I revealed when we were talking about this on our last recording that I had seen this and this movie gave me nightmares. It haunted my dreams after I watched it again. And I want to hear your initial thoughts on it.
0: Um, well, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't had nightmares, but I only finished it today. Um, I thought it seemed more like it was... It, it was made in 1979. It mm-hmm. came out in 1979. It seemed like, as far as the quality... And the special effects and the story and whatnot. To me, it felt more like it had to have come out in the '60s. Um, I would have rather watched Um, unidentified flying oddball over this.
1: Wow.
0: Which I didn't like, but like, at least there was some funny stuff in that one. I mean, okay, this movie had redeeming a redeeming quality, which was the voice. Of Roddy McDowell, and that was the only thing that got me excited about this whole thing.
1: Okay. Well, all right. So the synopsis, which as always comes to us care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this: The spacecraft, the USS Palomino, has nearly completed its mission exploring deep. The crew consists of Captain Dan Holland, First Officer Lieutenant Charlie Pizer, journalist Harry Booth, ESP sensitive scientist Dr. Kate McCrae, the expedition's civilian leader Dr. Alex Durant, and a diminutive robot named Vincent, which stands for Vital Information Necessary Centralized. As it is returning to Earth, the Palomino discovers a black hole with an apparently abandoned and long-lost USS Cygnus nearby, the same ship that McCrae's father was aboard when it vanished 20 years ago. Cygnus X-1 is the first known black hole discovered in 1960, after which this scientific vessel is presumably named. The Palomino decides to investigate and finds that there is a mysterious null gravity field surrounding the Cygnus that allows it to defy the massive gravitational pull of a black hole. The Palomino briefly stays outside the field and is damaged by the intense gravity, forcing it to emergency dock with the Cygnus, which is no longer appears abandoned. The cautious Palomino crew soon discovered Dr. Hans Reinhardt, one of Earth's most brilliant scientists, according to Durant. Reinhardt explains that he has been alone on the Cygnus since it encountered a meteor field and was disabled. He ordered the human crew to return to Earth without him, but Kate's father decided to remorn- remain aboard and has since died. To replace the crew, Reinhardt built faceless black-robed drones sentry robots, and a sinister robot bodyguard named Maximilian. Reinhardt says that he intends to fly the Cygnus into the black hole because 20 years of study has shown that it's possible. Only an enamored Durant believes him and asks if he can accompany Reinhardt. However, the rest of the crew start to become suspicious of Reinhardt. Boo sees a drone jumping or, I'm sorry, limping while Holland witnesses an android funeral and discovers personal items on the Cygnus' crew quarters. Vincent meets a battered earlier model of his type, named by Bob, which stands for Biosanitation Battalion. Bob explains the drones are actually what's left of the human crew, who mutinied when Reinhardt refused to return to Earth after the Cygnus was damaged. McCray's father was killed leading the mutiny, and the crew was lobotomized and reprogrammed to serve Reinhardt. Vincent uses telepathy to tell Kate, and then she informs Durant what has really happened. He removes a drone's face plate, revealing a zombie-like face of a crewman. Durant tries to flee with Kate, but is killed by Max. Reinhardt orders his robots to lobotomize Kate, but just as the process begins, she is rescued by Holland, Vincent, and Bob. Harry Booth tries to escape alone on the Palomino, but is shot down and fatally crashes into the Cygnus. The subsequent meteor storm and the explosion of the ship's overstressed main power plant causes the anti-gravity generator to fail. Without its null gravity bubble, the Cygnus starts to break apart under the black hole's huge gravitational forces. Reinhardt and the Palomino survivors separately plan their escape in the in the probe ship, used to study the black hole, Reinhardt orders Max to prepare the ship for launch. But then a huge viewscreen fire falls on Reinhardt, pinning him to the deck, surrounded by his lobotomized crew. Maximilian is- encounters the Palomino crew and fatally damages Bob, before being disabled by Vincent and left adrift. Holland, Pizer, McRae, and Vincent launch the probe which has pre-programmed flight plan that takes him into the black hole. Within the hole, Reinhardt and Maximilian merge together above a burning, hellish landscape populated by dark-robed specters resembling his drone. Meanwhile, the probe ship is led through a cathedral-like arch-crystal tunnel by a floating angelic being. And after the ship merges from the white hole, Holland, Pfizer, mccray and vincent fly towards a planet near a bright star the end so why do you say that roddy mcdowell's voice is the only redeeming quality for this movie
0: um because like vincent was really the only character that i liked i I didn't care about any of the people in this movie but i liked vincent i liked like he had just enough humor I mean, he could have been funnier, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was like the only thing that I really super enjoyed was like, oh, that's Roddy McDowell, and it turns out it's uncredited in the movie itself, but like, we know that it was him now.
1: How dare you not care about Norman Bates in this movie?
0: I don't know who Norman Bates is
1: Anthony Perkins <laughs> psycho nope, okay, too scared didn't watch
0: yep. <laughs> <Nope. laughs> Um, yeah, I, I mean, we'll get into it. I just, like, I don't know. I I, I just, there's so many things, I don't know where to start.
1: Well, why don't we start at the beginning? The fact that they had Ernest Borgnine, Anthony Perkins, and an uncredited Roddy McDowell in this movie.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And... I didn't even realize that that was Roddy McDowell until the voice somehow twinged in my in my synopsis and I'm like wait synopsis synap synapses <laughs> words hard and I'm like I know that voice let me go look it up and yeah sure it's Roddy McDowell
0: I like instantly was like that's Paul Griffin I'd recognize that voice anywhere
1: <laughs> Oh my gosh
0: like uh, I, I was just Vincent looks like if somebody closed... Like, they looked at a picture of R2-D2 for, like, three seconds, and then were told to close their eyes and draw R2-D2 from memory with their Mm -hmm. eyes closed. That's what Vincent made me think of as far as the way he looked. Um, Anyways, you said to start at the beginning, and I thought that was kind of funny because the beginning of this movie... Is like literally two and a half minutes of just a black screen, with with score over it.
1: Yeah. So I watched this, or I started this movie late one night after watching some actual regular television, and I immediately thought there was something wrong with the TV.
0: I did too. Actually, it's in my notes. Like, I thought I. Was looking at it like, what's
1: going on? So I powered the TV down, restarted it, just in case that was it was actually a technical issue or maybe an issue with my fire stick. Mm-hmm. Powered it back up, hit play. Nope, solid black. Which, looking back on it, the fact that it is entitled The Black Hole may be the reason why they gave you two and a half minutes of a black screen.
0: Yeah, I guess. But Could you it- imagine? paying for this, and then sitting in a theater for two and a half minutes of nothing? Well, it
1: wasn't nothing. They had pretty nice music, which I kind of fast-forwarded through just to get to the actual live-action movie. And then they go from that to a computer-generated um, credit screen.
0: Yeah. More music. Yes. Um, like a nice little animated sequence. Um, The, like, green grid thing that pops up actually reminded me of an old episode of um, The Simpsons, like the Treehouse of Terror episodes, Mm -hmm. where, like, Homer discovers, like, another dimension or something, and then he's 3D, and he's, like, standing around on a grid like that.
1: Well, I mean, everything's tied together. It's all Disney, because The Simpsons are on Disney+. Plus. yeah. Even though they're at Universal in Florida.
0: We've seen, like, grid like that. I don't know what that's called, actually. It just looks like a grid to me, and then there's, like, a hole in the middle of it. Um, Like, that pops up in other places, but immediately I was like, Homer Simpson. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, like, there's, it's almost five minutes before you hear, like, a voice of any character and, like, see the ship that we're going to spend some time on and i just thought well that was really long
1: five minutes that you'll never get back of your life
0: yeah
1: and then you kind of expect it to say something like the final frontier Mm
0: -hmm.
1: these are the voyages of the ss cygnus may they not go into the black hole and destroy this movie
0: you get, like, a really cool shot of an actually, like, almost cool-looking spacecraft, but then it opens up, like, and then you're inside the spacecraft, and you see, like, Vincent that's like... Like I said, here's a picture of R2-D2 for three seconds, and I'll close your eyes and draw it from memory. He looks cartoonish. Um, poor Vincent can't help it. But, like, I j- I'm not gonna lie. The first... I don't know, 20 minutes of this movie. I could not like force myself to understand what was going on. And I really tried. (laughs) They just like encounter a black hole and they're kind of freaking out about that. And that's all I remember.
1: Well, I think they were sent to map the universe and they had gotten to the end of the universe. And that's where they saw the black hole and they're like, all right, well, we've seen it. Let's turn around and go back. But wait, they're starting to get pulled in. And then they discover Maximilian's, or not, Reinhardt. Not Ryan, not yeah. Maximilian. Maximilian's the robot.
0: Hans Reinhardt, which I was like, oh, he's bad. His name is Hans. I <laughs> Like, you're not sure at first. It's kind of, like, ambiguous. Like, is he good or bad? But his name was Hans, and I was like, he's a bad okay. guy. Well... And
1: see, having watched Disney movies for now 40 plus years of their existence, he struck me as a Captain Nemo type out of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Like somebody that only had one real idea and he was going to go through with it no matter what, come hell or high water. Mm -hmm. And I mean, seeing as how I had actually seen this, Or parts of this which gave me nightmares as a child. Which we'll get into that when we get to the nightmare scape that is the ending of the movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. So.
1: So, but yeah, Hans. And once again, this is me drawing on the fact that I saw it, I think, when I was like seven or eight. It was on like a Disney Saturday night movie or some show that it shouldn't actually have ever been on. Because... Once again, Nightmare Escape for the last 15 minutes of the movie, not really good for kids, but by that time they're supposed to be in bed, I guess. So, somehow they spring a leak or something, and having watched, let me see, three years of Star Trek, seven years of Next Generation, and now four years of Deep Space Nine... My first thing, my first thought is how could an air leak not suck the crew out the hole and then Vincent goes out and just leaves the hatch wide open, which is another air hole. And yes, I'm overthinking it, but by this time, Star Trek had already been off the air for 15 years because I think it lasted from like 63 to 65 or some crazy way too short episode life. And whenever they had a... A, um, decompression problem, they sealed it off. They didn't just float around in the middle of the ship and, oh, no.
0: Yeah, there's some, like, major holes in this movie, and not just in the side of the ship or whatever.
1: No pun intended?
0: Uh, yeah. I will say, like, when they first, like, they're kind of trying to get away, but the magnetic pull, blah, blah, blah science, um... <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're like cr- kind of up next to the Cygnus, which is the other ship, Han's ship. Um, it kind of reminded me of like the grainy like videos of where they discover the remains of the Titanic, because it's just like focusing on very small parts of this like giant mm-hmm. spacecraft. Um, but then eventually, like we get where like it kind of pans out just a tiny bit, like still kind of creepy and dark and then it lights up all of a sudden and i thought that was like for a movie in the 70s that wasn't in my opinion very good um i thought that was kind of a beautiful shot Mm
1: -hmm. of
0: this like massive ship just lighting up um we don't get to see it lit like that for very long but i just thought it was a really pretty shot of this um that that did catch my attention but then immediately i was like pulled back out of it because i was confused again
1: so when i first saw it was a cygnus right cygnus was Hans's ship yes or am i total, am i am i missing you, things right.
0: no like this i think cygnus is also the name of the black hole but the ship was named after the black mm. hole i was kind of foggy on that but yeah you've got the cygnus and the palomino
1: i and, immediately thought Of a Star Destroyer. Yeah. I mean, definitely big, definitely bulky, definitely not streamlined to go into the black hole, which we find out later on that he wasn't even planning on going in there with that. He was going to climb into the drone and fly off. Yeah. But whatever. So after we find out that air has no part in the Palomino because all of it's already been sucked out and they're just walking around like there's no problems we find out that there is a lady that has the ability to have ESP with a robot.
0: (laughs) I didn't catch that at this point in the movie. It was like towards the end or like middle part of the movie that I was like, what is happening?
1: Yeah. And I'm no guru, but I don't think ESP works like that. I don't think you can talk to an inanimate object, not that, vincent is inanimate because he is like the most vocal and the best part of the movie
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but so somehow they find out that this is a cygnus and cygnus puts on his welcoming lights and this the crew lands there and they're supposed to be making repairs to their ship and instead of doing that getting the heck out of dodge and going on their merry way they decide oh well we're going to take 20 minutes and explore this ship First of all, Stranger Danger.
0: Yeah. Why were they... I wouldn't have wanted to get out of my ship.
1: And I think everybody actually went along. Nobody actually stayed back with the Palomino. They all just hopped on this little sled thingy and zipped off to find out what they could.
0: Yeah, I'm not clear. I thought that Charlie stayed behind. There's like a guy named Charlie Pizer. I think he stayed behind, but then eventually, like, they call him in.
1: Yeah, that's right. You're right. He did stay behind because then he gets welcomed by the faceless drones of the Cygnus, which we'll get into even creepier parts about that.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know why his name stuck out to me so much. I just, like, my family sat down with me about halfway through the movie, and I was trying to, like, give very short explanations <laughs> I was like, you're not going to care about this, but here's what's happening. And for so, like, he popped up on screen. I was like, that's Charlie Pieser. Like, I don't know why that name stuck out, but it's in my head forever now.
1: Yeah. Well, because I think between him and the girl, which don't Kate, know.
0: I think Kate McRae.
1: They were the only two that aren't well-known actors. Because you had Vincent. Yeah, you had Vincent. You had Anthony Perkins. You had... Ernest Borgnine, the captain of the ship, is the dad and Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I mean, yes, that's just one movie, but he's I his voice clicked before Vincent's did. So I had to go on the rabbit hole to find out where I knew him from. And I'm like, aha. But, yeah, Grayson sat down because she was working on some... N. P. stuff, and I'm like, hey, honey, you need to watch this. She's like, no, no, I'm not. I'm not interested. I'm like, no, no, but this this is this is a movie from my childhood. She's like, no, I'm. You can watch it. I'm not going to.
0: Yeah, I I don't blame her. Um, towards the end, Keaton walked in and watched a few minutes and was like, this movie sucks. I'm out. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it sure didn't win over the twelve year old. Yeah. Um, so. I thought there were, like, some impressive shots, and then we meet the robots, like, they're all, like, red. They look kind of like knockoff stormtroopers. Um, We see throughout the rest of the movie that they are all terrible shots, just like stormtroopers. Um, Hans is creepy, and like I said, I immediately knew he was up to no good when his name was Hans. Um,
1: It would have been better if his name would have been Hans Gruba.
0: But that comes later. That's not a Disney movie, though, right?
1: Well, yeah, but then they could have had John McClane climbing around the ship trying to help to get everybody off the board.
0: That would have been a better movie, honestly. (laughs) Like, I would watch that. I just, like, could not make myself care about this as as hard as I tried. (laughs) Um, But, like, there were a couple moments that I thought were funny, Um Like, they get Charlie on board, and, like, he meets Hans, and um, Vincent, for some reason, is, like, hesitant to do something that they've told him, and Charlie, like, gets in his face and is like, uh, I wrote it down, hang on, he's like, when you're nose-to-nose with a trash compactor, you cool it. And then Hans says, what does that remind me of? And I shouted, Star Wars! Because trash compactor. And I just wanted so badly to be watching Star Wars at that moment. (laughs) I was so upset that it like, I was like, I'm stuck in this thing and not that thing.
1: Yeah. But no, that was not what Hans was comparing it to. He was comparing it to David and Goliath. And this time, David is outmatched. And I'm like, okay. First biblical reference in a movie that ends up going literally to hell at the end. And yeah. pardon my language, but...
0: No, it's in my notes, actually. Um,
1: so, I... Hans ends up comparing himself pretty much to Christopher Columbus, saying that he was going to go discover a brave new world, which, that's another Star Trek show. But...
0: Um, My, like, notes aren't real extensive as far as plot goes, because um, I had a hard time following it. But, like... Vincent, what happens? Like they decide like, we're going to kind of get comfortable and hang out here for a little bit mm-hmm. or whatever. I don't really know. Um And they kind of seem to like encourage Vincent to like, go find some enrichment. And he's like, not to be a snob, but I don't enjoy the company of other robots, which I was like, Oh, Roddy McDowell, his delivery of that line made me laugh so much. Um, And then we get to see, like, they're, like, kind of playing. It's like they're in a space shooting range or something. So, like, Vincent is taking turns shooting at stuff with, like, the robots of the ship, the knockoff stormtroopers in their red suits. Um, That scene was actually kind of funny because that's where you see, like, they... None of those guys can shoot, but Vincent is, like, doing all these trick shots and, like, doing flips in the air and hitting the marks. I don't know if they are really shooting at, like, actual things or if it was a simulator.
1: Yeah, who knows? But then he, he meets up with Bob, which I loved Bob, too.
0: I wanted to love Bob. My first note on Bob is the other Vincent is country.
1: Yeah. So Bob had gotten into a shooting match with the ace crack shot of the of all of the robots and beat him. And the crack shot did not take too kindly to being beaten, so, so he, he beat up Bob.
0: I thought it was like kind of funny that like Vincent, for being like cartoonish, is like so proper and Roddy McDowell English vo- voice accent whatever. Um And then you've got Bob, who they soon start calling old Bob because he's old and he's janky and um and he has like a thick like country slash southern accent. I just thought the difference between like pristine Vincent and his beautiful voice and Bob and his like kind of disheveled look. And his, mm. I thought, is this like, are they making a statement about uh, white trash? Like, what's happening here?
1: Well, the um, guy that played Bob was actually Slim Pickens.
0: Yeah, I had to look it up. He sounded kind of like one of the, like the sheriff from Robin Hood, but not him. I was a little disappointed.
1: Oh, yeah, he. So Vincent's like, all right, well, I'm going to go ahead and handle things since nobody else is standing up to Crackshot. And he beats Crackshot pretty much self destructs right there.
0: Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny.
1: And so that's where they start to, or, excuse me, Vincent starts to realize that there might be something nefarious with all of this. And so... Meanwhile, everybody else is sitting down to a nice, warm meal at the dinner table with Hans. And Hans breaks out this old bottle of wine and salutes them. And this is where he pretty much compares himself to Christopher Columbus and tells them that he is going to go into the black hole. And of course, everybody except for Anthony Perkins is against this. And so they start trying to figure out, oh, well, maybe we really do need to go ahead and fix our ship. So they go back and start trying. And then they start talking about mutiny. And Harry, who is Ernest Borg 9, decides, well, that's a pretty good idea because they want to take the Cygnus back to Earth or wherever it is that they're from. And, of course, it's things go badly and Vincent and Bob shoot a couple of Stormtrooper knockoffs and hide the bodies.
0: They do. I thought that was actually funny. They, like, hide them behind a desk or something.
1: Yeah, and they're like, well, we've got a certain amount of time, so we need to do whatever we're going to do because otherwise we're going to get stuck here. And, of course, the robots get found and they start pursuing and it's about this time that hans decides it's time to go ahead and go into the black hole
0: yes um is this where like they discover the truth about the ship or the crew rather
1: yeah because it's i think it's anthony perkins that actually walks up to them and pulls the inadvertently pulls the mask off of one of the robots Only to find out that it's a old, withered, decrepit, don't know if it's alive or dead, or Darth Vader-like, or whatever.
0: My understanding was, like, because he tells them the whole crew died. Everybody died. Or no.
1: Yeah. Everybody died.
0: Did he tell them everybody died? Or he, like, told them, he says that he told them to go back to Earth while he stayed behind. I think that's what it was. Um. Because I had to, like, go back and, and read some plot summaries to, like, fully grasp what was happening. Um, so, like, I think what it was was that he told the Palomino crew, like, oh, when we realized that we were, like, trapped here, I told them to get on this other thing and go back to Earth. But I stayed behind. Um,
1: because the captain goes down with his ship.
0: Yes. But, like, what then I think Bob reveals to Vincent who then like relays it to Kate through ESP or telepathy or whatever Mm -hmm. is that um, he like used the crew's bodies to like turn them into humanoid robots or something. And so like when he pulls that like weird, creepy, like mirrored, Mask off of the one, and it's just like a like like you said, a hollowed out, like nasty, creepy face. And he's like, "Oh!" And um, I like, I'd read ahead a little bit in a plot summary, so I knew that was coming. (laughs) I screamed. I laughed so hard, and it's not supposed to be funny, but that was about the time that I thought, "This needs." Mystery Science Theater 3000.
1: There are so many Disney movies that we thought would, would would have worked better with the MST3K.
0: Yeah. This is on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it, yeah, it would have been a lot more fun that way for sure.
1: So the crew of the Palomino tries to get out of Dodge. And they start getting blocked by the Stormtroopers. For lack of a better term, that's what we're going to start calling them. Because why not? And so, mm-hmm. the stormtroopers start shooting at them. And everybody is down in a little, um... Where it's hard. Down a little gully, and they're shooting up at them. And instead of them moving in, making things harder for them to shoot at them, they just stand there and they get knocked off one at a time. Yeah. They I'm
0: were like, so bad.
1: But, I mean, honestly... If you're a desiccated husk of a person wanting the sweet release of death
0: <laughs> yeah, Why not
1: just stand there and get shot and be done?
0: Plus they're not like an elite army.
1: No. They they, they, they aren't they aren't Mandalorian stormtroopers.
0: I think that like Hans thought he was such a genius to have done this. Um but it's like, man, you made the worst army. Like, they're worse than than stormtroopers. Um,
1: Which, that's saying something, if you're worse than a stormtrooper yeah. with your shot.
0: So, it seems like... Um, like, literally, the last half hour, maybe 45 minutes of the movie, is just an extended fight scene where they're just shooting lasers back and forth. It's very, like, low-budge Star Wars.
1: Well, I did get the idea and I don't know this is probably way off but the boulder from Indiana or from Raiders of the Lost Ark may have come from the asteroid crashing into the Cygnus and rolling down the the gully and them all having to jump out of the way
0: I forgot about this part until you just said it so like the visuals of whatever that like is it a, a meteor what is it's it that asteroid, hit asteroid asteroid yeah that's what I was thinking um just words hard um it looks like they're being attacked by like cheeto puffs <laughs> like the ones that are like the ball-shaped cheetos Cheesy poofs yeah not real cheetos but like the like great value um and okay. then there's a giant one that like rolls toward them, which the whole time that was happening, I was like, wouldn't that have like burned everything up? Because it's like glowing orange, like it's hot.
1: You would think so, but once again, if you're if you've got a rolling asteroid that has literally crashed through the plate glass window that is covering everything
0: they're all supposed to be dead by now
1: exactly so wouldn't a vacuum suck you out instantly instead of giving you time to fight a few more sentries and then somehow get to the exit
0: and like this whole thing like i guess there's like a rail system or something inside the cygnus because it's so big it looks like they're on a really really bad roller coaster with like flying cheese puffs like coming at them they're doing like Rolls and twists in the air. I haven't pulled up, so I'm watching it right now. (laughs) It's not supposed to be funny, but, like, I was screaming. Like, it was hilarious to me. Um, It's just so bad. So bad.
1: Yeah, and so they somehow get off the flying death trap of doom and get into the arboretum Mm -hmm. where Hans has had all of his food prepared.
0: Yeah, he's got, like, a little personal garden
1: and i don't remember if a cheeto comes in and knocks out that window or something but suddenly everything is getting sucked out except for the people
0: except for the people well and there's like some like ash or it's like it's almost like it's snowing i was was not real clear on what was happening Mm -hmm. there but everything just starts to get covered in like gray yeah Uh, It's so dumb. Like, it made no sense.
1: And how are they able to walk or climb when there's no atmosphere, no air, they are in a vacuum, and their head should have popped like a grape by now?
0: Yeah, but they're, Um, like, holding on to each other, holding on to Vincent and Bob. Um, Like, Vincent is the only reason that they survived this unsurvivable thing, because he's, like cutting holes with his, like, laser cutter thing and getting them into the door or whatever. Um, I had such a hard time paying attention because I was just like, this, none of this makes any sense. And then it continues to not make sense for the next, like, 20 minutes.
1: Yes, with the exception of Bob giving up his life to save them all. hmm And, of course, Vincent vows revenge. And so there's that fight.
0: Yeah, Vincent, like, kills Han's, like, assistant robot who, like, his name is Maximilian. I don't think we've named Max in this recap yet, but, like, mm-hmm. he's creepy as heck for, like, a bad robot, Um, like, and I mean bad in every sense of the word, like, bad character, but, like, also just not great special effects. Um, But he reminded me of, like, an animated robot that looks a lot like that, but I have spent the last two days trying to figure out <laughs> where i've seen this look before and i can't there like i've googled red robot red robot animated i've tried different search terms i cannot find it but he reminds me of something it's driving me crazy
1: so if you know the robot that kyra is right is talking about please write us at be at gmail.com let us know because otherwise, this may haunt her until we find out the answer.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm, I just keep looking and I cannot find what I'm, like, I'll. it's the thing of, like, I'll know it when I see it.
1: So, um, speaking of Max and Hans,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Max is Hans' right-hand robot and never says a word, so how does hans understand max i'm i was very confused because he's three or four times that they interact hans is the only one that's doing any talking and it's like it's almost the i am groot without any i am groot
0: yeah yeah i i mean it's <laughs> this happens in star wars too but like r2d2 makes noise at him at whoever uh-huh. and then they like understand um
1: but non, but Max doesn't make any noise. So. Yeah, I know.
0: He just like his face lights up a little bit, and he maybe there's like some like grumbling sounds, but I don't think there's really robot sounds. But not anything that sounds like he's communicating. He just kind of looks around and lights up. Um, let's see. We talked about Bob, old Bob dying. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Poor old Bob.
0: <laughs> so something 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 hans is trying to like fly the cygnus or whatever in it so everything we have described thus far has been completely unhinged and somehow it gets worse
1: do tell how does it get worse
0: well I, there's like a dude like flying through space unprotected vincent saves him like how are they breathing Um, He's getting sucked into the black hole, and they're all just, like, hanging on to the outside of one of the ships. Like, y'all are dead. You're dead. There's no atmosphere. What is happening? I think we're not supposed to think about it, but, like...
1: Yeah. I don't know. But, so, yeah, so the, the drone takes off. Hans gets pinned under a massive LCD, big screen TV
0: that's what it looked like to me
1: and he's hollering at max to get him out and max doesn't because he wants to take care of vincent and so he takes off for the fight and hans ends up getting sucked out into space as well and once again no head pop which would have made for a, a very bad visual but i don't know yeah no. <laughs> And so the people from the Palomino, minus Harry, who got blown up real good because he tried to take the Palomino off and get shot up. And it crashes back into the Cygnus. Everybody but him and um Durant, who was Anthony Perkins, because he got killed by Max once they found out that everybody was a desiccated husk of a person. And so Max runs him through, after running through a first of Hans's, um, all of his works that he had done that Durant was going to take back to Earth or whatever. Yeah. So the, everybody else is on board the ship, and or on board the, the drone, and they figure out that they're going to have to go into the black hole. And we cut back to Hans and Max floating (laughs) together, somehow becoming some kind of symbiotic devil, demon, lord of the underworld, where all of his minions are walking around in fire. It
0: looks like they hug in space, and then Hans is inside of Max's robot body.
1: And that, sh- and that shot, I think, was what actually gave me nightmares. Because out of all the things that are wrong about that, just being absorbed by your right-hand man and becoming the internal combustion engine, for lack of a better term. And so the last thing that we see of Hans Max is he is standing on a rock somewhere.
0: In hell. That's with- what I got. I-
1: with all of his desiccated husks of people working on this rock. And I don't understand where this rock was. Where was this during the rest of the movie?
0: Well, they're like, he's like gone into the black hole, right? Mm-hmm. So... I don't think they
1: actually went into the black hole, though. That's, the, that's my oh.
0: issue with it. You're right. No, like, the two become one, there's, like, a really freaking weird close-up of Hans's face that it's probably going to haunt my dreams. You're welcome. And then they, like, tonight is the night when two become one, and then, boom, we're on rock with fire and, like, creepy zombies. Yeah. But meanwhile...
1: Meanwhile,
0: our friends on the Palomino, like the the remaining good guys are back on like the world's worst roller coaster, or pardon <laughs> me the universe's worst roller coaster. but they're like in their like spacecraft. But the shot of it made me feel queasy. I just watched it like not like today, actually, it's a couple hours ago. It made me feel sick right before I had to eat dinner because it's like, slow motion zooming in on their faces and then they're like spinning and at one point it stretches Kate McRae's face out across the screen while they're talking like weird phrases, random stuff in slow motion. I was so confused. Like, oh, we're in the black hole and it's like messing them up somehow? Well,
1: I think that is actually the spaghettification and that is the actual scientific term for what happens when a, when something goes into a black hole. It gets stretched into oblivion.
0: Is that for real?
1: For real. You can look it up. Spaghettification.
0: I'm doing that right now. I've never heard that.
1: My question is, what was the angel creature thing that led them into the cathedral?
0: You know what? Do
1: you, do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Or, do, or did were you still being haunted by the dreams of... Hans Max.
0: No, it looks like okay. So we are. I I've, I had to put like I had to kind of skip ahead in the video so that I could see it. because um, this was all like so weird that I don't know how much of it I actually absorbed. <laughs> but like, it shows like we're in like the hellish landscape. I really I wrote in my notes: are they in hell? Because there's just fire, and then there's like a light. Like instead of a black hole, it's like a, a light hole or a white hole. I don't know. This is all weird. i saying hole too many times. Um, and then it looks like they're in a beautiful glass like hallway and it looks like a ghost. But if you skip back just a smidge to where we see like Hans right before he like joins up with um, Max, it almost looks like it's him i don't know if that's making sense but like as he's floating through the air he kind of looks like what this ghost looks like to me before he joins up with max and turns into the scary dude but hans max yeah and i
1: just sent you the spaghettification
0: yeah i looked it up and that's so weird um
1: and that is your random scientific fact of the episode (laughs)
0: I learned something, at least. Um, (laughs) I mean, so the glass, they're, like, in this glass hallway. Like you said, it looks, like, almost like a cathedral. It made me think of, like, when they go to see the wizard in The Wizard of Oz. Um, But watch that movie instead. Um, Like, it's a beautiful, like, glass-looking hallway. And then they got out of the black hole. Like, they went through it, I guess.
1: Yeah, they... The other side of a black hole is called a white hole because that is where all of the all of the light actually comes out after you go through spaghettification, you come out on the other side of a white hole in theory not not to be confused with a white crystal or a white castle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then we get like a beautiful like kind of pan up to like what looks like. A full eclipse. Um, but I guess it's supposed to be a planet that's like backlit. Yeah. And then they, man, the closing shot of this movie is so bad. Like you think that you haven't seen worse, like special effects through the rest of the movie. But then, um, I mean, the background is pretty, but like the ship going towards whatever this is looks so cheap. Um, And that's it? I was really glad that this movie ended. (laughs)
1: Oh, goodness. So we have learned about Spaghettification, so you are welcome for that. You have learned that this is the nightmare scape that haunted my dreams for however many years after I watched it and several times afterwards after watching it last week. I am not a fan of this movie. I will never watch this movie. I don't care if the world's youngest podcast host begs me to. He and his mom can sit up and watch it. I'm not. Nope. Nope. I'm done. Never. Ever.
0: Um,
1: See, the dog doesn't even want to watch
0: it. Uh, I just, like, this movie like I said, would be better if it got the MST3K treatment. No, but like, if you were going to make me choose between this and three hour happiest millionaire, I would choose happiest millionaire in a second. And I thought that was the worst movie, but no, I think that the black hole is the worst movie. Okay. Well, let, well,
1: let me, let me, let me point it, put another one to you. Okay. This
0: or those Calloway's. Oh, ouch. Um, that's tough. Probably this over those Callaways, just because like Vincent. But I think this is a this is worse. I don't know. They're pretty bad. Vincent redeems this movie in a, like a very minor way, but I don't know. I kind of forgot about those Callaways.
1: Well, that's because Disney wants for you to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> And if you have no idea what we're talking about, go back in our archives and pull up the episode on those Callaways, and you'll find out exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And we will wait for you, and we'll come I, back.
0: I don't want to watch this again, ever. I don't want to watch those Callaways again, ever. I would put Happiest Millionaire above both of them, actually. Now that I'm thinking. <laughs> Ugh, yikes.
1: Well, I am actually kind of sad that our third host that was on that was on the original docket wasn't able to come in and shed some light on why this movie is um, part of his childhood and why he actually liked it. But when we do get him on, he can talk at length about this in addition to the next movie that we will be talking about with him. Um
0: look, I like that idea. I think it would be like Maybe we should cut out like five or ten minutes of that conversation just for this movie, like
1: I'm fine with that.
0: I hope he doesn't listen to me trash it. Well, we have that conversation.
1: He probably will, but he knows that we do everything in in love for all things, Disney, just so that way you will know what you're going into if you want to watch this movie um. I'm looking back through my notes. Vincent had a bunch of great quotes like, discretions is a better better part of a val- a valor. Um, a wolf remains a wolf even if it hasn't eaten the sheep. Will's accomplished, won't suppose, and can't, don't even try. Impossible is only in the dictionary of fools. Uh, don't pick on small people. And that is it. I'm sure there's more, but those are the ones that caught my attention and I had to write them down. Uh, do you have anything else?
0: I don't think so. This when the like,
1: spaghettification kicks in?
0: I watched yeah. this over the course of two days. It was really like 24 hours between starting it and finishing it. Um, but like even having it spread out like that, it wore me out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this one one was a two-night movie for me, too.
0: Like, I know that you're about to say, let's do the questions. And I'm like, do we have
1: to? (laughs) No.
0: No and no. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, it doesn't, please don't stop.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, today's impact on the movie, this movie is still in... Well, it's not in rotation because it's a 40-year-old movie, but it's a movie that everybody knows about for that reason. I don't know if it was because of the nightmare dreamscapes that it caused for little kids like me. Is it mirrored in culture? No. Except for Hans Gruber, we don't hear about bad guys getting named Hans.
0: Yeah, I was, like, thinking this specifically, maybe not. Although I did... um... While I was trying to figure out what Maximilian reminded me of, um, I discovered that you can buy like little like to this day action figures of Vincent and Max. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. But I just I think it's like the thing of like they were just trying to copy Star Wars. I got him.
1: The world's youngest podcast host has made an appearance, ladies and gentlemen.
0: Oh hi. Good hey, Kira. Hi. Kara. Sorry, Kara. That's okay. We're,
1: hey, on. We're, we're finishing up Black Hole.
0: And Mom is right. in the night. With us. Okay. Come on, let's go get
1: back. <sighs> and now we are back to the regularly scheduled progress. And we're going to leave all that in it. Because <laughs> it's fun when he comes in and he's not screaming. All right. Um, Does this fit into today's society? No. Well, boy, you need to go get a bath. <laughs>
0: No, hey, I say no. you say
1: no, well, Daddy's recording a podcast, bud, and you've already made your one appearance, and now you're gonna trip over all the courts. all right, um, that might get cut out <laughs> uh, yeah, come back in three, one, so is this your favorite movie? If so, please write us, let us know what we're missing. We will give. The inimitable Scott H. Gardner, his five minutes to talk about this movie when he comes on to cover the next movie that he will be on for. But as for us, we are moving into the 80s. And what a first movie to kick off the 80s. Is this the fourth movie in the Herbie
0: pantheon? I think so. We
1: will be talking about Herbie Goes Bananas. That is your homework for next week. Like I said, if this is your favorite movie, write us at bekindrewindgmail.com. Let us know what it is that we're missing, and we will read your email on a future broadcast. So, as is the case, it's time for us to tell you to stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for the spaghettification. <laughs> we'll talk to y'all next week. It's turned off. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at bekindrewinddmp@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is bekindrewinddmp@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. And then that'll actually give us, like, almost a month to watch the entire Muppets Mayhem starring Mr. Mouth and the Funky Bunch. (coughs) (laughs) No. No?